Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise the Lord. It's awesome to be in the house of the Lord, as I said. Whether you like it or not, you are conscripts in a war. You are part of an army. And befitting on on God's army, that's right. And befitting on Memorial Day, I chose the topic, the qualities of a good soldier. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. If you'd stand with me this morning, we're going to go to the Lord in word. Sister Becky, if you could bring up 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy 2, starting at verse 3. We'll open with the word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In Jesus' name, Lord, be with us today, Lord God, as we honor your word and we honor those that have sacrificed for this country, God. I ask, Lord, to be used as your vessel today to lead and to guide and to inspire God according to your word and according to the will and the message you've given me. God bless every soul that's here today and we'll give you the precious, awesome praise that you deserve, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. So first and foremost, this is, someone joked with me that I get Memorial Day every year and I'm very honored to get Memorial Day every year. So this, I think, is about my sixth one in a row. And so each year I go to God and I, I take it very seriously. I do, because I, I'm very honored and very pleased to be the one that's called on to minister on Memorial Day, because I highly respect our military and those that have taken the call to serve. And so today, as I do every single year, I'd like to ask that if there be any in the audience that served in the Army, if you served in the Army at any point, Army, Army National Guard, if you could stand today, I'd like to call out your name. Brother Dan Berlinger, Brother Hickey, Jim, Brother Jim, anybody else serving the Army? All right, we honor these three gentlemen for their sacrifice and their service in our armed forces this morning. Thank you. I'm getting there, buddy. It's Memorial Day and I got a heckler. All right, Brother Tom Donahue, any of you that served in the Marines today, if you could stand. As he said, hoorah. Brother Tom Donovan, Donahue, excuse me, Brother Tom Donahue, who heckled me earlier, served in our Marines. Yes, sir. Yes. That's correct. Always faithful. Amen. Amen. I literally have that in my notes today. Thank you, Tom. All right, let's all stand. No, I'm kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm sorry. That was a, I was just joking like, like I was going to dismiss. I'm so fired. If Brother Kylie listens to this, I'm in trouble. No, thank you, Tom, for serving in our Marines. I'm looking for Navy. Now, I know Sister Tina's here. 
Sister Tina. Others that have served the United States Navy. How about the Air Force? <laughs> Brother Dennis Matucci. Brother Dennis Matucci served in our Air Force. Do we have Coast Guard? Merchant Marines? Well, some of you may not know, but I was a mid-level commander in an elite ground force of youth-based paramilitaries. I was a Cub Master at Pac-15. Um, in North Prairie, and uh, we were covert. But when there was trash that needed to be picked up on the side of the road, we were there. Now, I say that jokingly, but honestly, I do very much honor those that have gave their time and gave of their service and stood where some will not or some could not, and it is very important, so we honor you today. When I speak of the qualities of a good soldier, you know, it's very easy on a Memorial Day service like this. You can come up and do something expected and, and, and trite, and, and each year I, I seek to find a, a good message to tie it into exactly what we're doing today. And at the end of this message today, I'm going to share with you some, some vision and some things about the future. I prayed and talked earlier this morning in morning prayer about the future of our nation. We do have enemies. We have enemies both domestic and foreign. We have enemies that are spiritual and we have enemies that are natural. And there are things that are at play. There is work being done that are going to take us to that new place. And I'm going to share that with you today. And I, I want you to walk out today feeling empowered, feeling excited, and knowing that your church, that your pastors, that your ministers and your leaders are collectively working in this direction. That we have purpose. That we have goal. We have stood up and raised our hand and said we will serve. And we are ready to serve. And there is direction that we're moving. So I want to share that with you today. You know, as I looked over some of my notes from past years and things that I studied, I thought about different aspects of what it is to be a soldier. I was not a soldier. I was, ki I was kidding about our paramilitary youth force. Um, although we could, we could get some good combat going with dart guns and, and other things like that. But um, I thought about the term of enlisted versus drafted. Now, there's no draft going on in the United States, of course, and we know that the term enlisted simply means you voluntarily stepped up. You voluntarily stepped up and said, I want to serve our nation's armed forces, signed up, and you said, okay, put me where you want to put me, teach me, train me, and the United States military put you to use. Now, there were times, obviously, when the draft was necessary, when so many were needed to be called up that the government had to put out a draft. And, and uh, to this day, as a matter of fact, my son sitting in the front row just got his paperwork in the mail uh, yesterday. Uh, you still have to register with the United States Armed Services. I'm registered with the United States Armed Services. They wouldn't touch me with a 10-foot pole, but, um, but that's still selective service is still in effect. But a draft, the drafted men and the enlisted men were, were quite a bit different. And, in the, in the, and unfortunately, as I've heard from my uncle and other folks, uh, being drafted is not really the best case scenario. They kind of take you and they stick you in the worst possible spot. You're probably going to be uh, in the infantry, in the forward company, in the tougher spots. There isn't command. You're not in charge of anything. Uh, none, it, it, you're pretty much the grunt. Uh, my late uncle Winfield, Wendy we called him, was drafted into the army into Vietnam and was thrust into one of the most horrific environments any one of our soldiers have ever been forced into. As a matter of fact, he lost a kidney and later his life to uh, Agent Orange. 
which was a which was a uh, a treatment that they sprayed all over the jungle. They were trying to exfoliate the jungle and, and um, make it a, a playing field that our soldiers would have a chance to win on. And so he lost a kidney and then later got cancer and lost his life to, to a, a part of that as a forward inf- infantryman in Vietnam. He would almost never speak of it. And then there's my wife's grandfather, Ralph Joswick, who served in some of the first initial attacks on Iwo Jima and loved to talk about it and, and, and shared many stories, actually served in a company of Marines with uh, the actor Lee Marvin and for many years would receive Christmas cards from Lee Marvin because he was part of his company and he told stories and, and somehow, I don't know how, he was able to share the stories that he experienced in, in the, the fight on Iwo Jima. He watched as Japanese soldiers died at the effect of his rifle. He knew that he killed, he took life um, almost bayoneted Lee Marvin at one point when the guy was jumping around like a crazy man and jumped in his foxhole at night and scared the tar out of him. But these men tell the stories, and some can and some cannot. And, and being an, you know, he was very proud of the fact that he actually stood on Mount Suribachi and was part of that. But then you could see the pain. You could see the, the anguish in his eyes as he talked about the men who died. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to have to kill that enemy. But that was what they were commanded to do. That's what had to happen. And they made that sacrifice. So the sacrifice is so much more than just putting your life in harm's way. It's so much more than just taking your life and giving it to the United States government and not having the freedom to do what you want. It's the sacrifice you make of of part of your soul and part of yourself and part of who you are because you had to do and be a part of things that average, everyday human beings don't ever have to encounter. And so when we think about these sacrifices and we honor those, and I don't know if any here in the audience, and don't ask Tom because we don't have enough time, um, if, if, if they ever had to take a life, if they ever had to do something of that nature that, that was so disagreeable to what is natural to us to preserve life, I don't know if that's the case. But understand that when we honor our soldiers and we, we honor those that have sacrificed their time and their lives and their duty to the United States, it's more, of just, it's more of a sacrifice than you really imagine. And so I would, I would ask that you would honor those today, and as you're having fun with your family and going on and doing all those things tomorrow and getting a free day off of work, uh, just keep that in the back of your minds. We, uh, my wife and I were down in East Troy yesterday doing a little rummaging. They do a big citywide rummage there. We stopped in the gas station, and there was a sweet little lady sitting on, the, on a chair there and um, selling poppies, you know, little poppies for the veterans. I can't remember a time in, in, in my life where I didn't stop at some point and give some money into that little bucket and take that poppy and put it in my car or, or hang it somewhere. And there are many times I've stopped and talked to the men that were there or the ladies that were there and asked them about their service and what they did and, and paid honor and homage to them. And I would encourage you to do that if you don't already do. I have a feeling most of you do. But um, it's not to make me feel good, but it's to say... Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you do. And part of the reason that I do it is because in a small part of my mind and a small part of my heart, I think to myself, I sincerely and I truly hope that there will continue to be people just like this who are willing to step up and willing to sacrifice and willing to go where I can't go to preserve our nation, to preserve our freedom, and who we are. 
And so today I look at my congregation and, and thinking about the qualities of a good soldier and I look out and I think to myself, I sincerely hope in my soul and in my heart that I'm looking at a congregation of people who are willing to step out and make the sacrifice and stand up for their duty to reach those that need God's call to seek and to save that which is lost. The qualities of a good soldier are many. You can go, you can, you can talk to any particular branch of service. They have their own particular warrior's ethos. They have their, their sayings. Brother Tom took half my message earlier. Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Um, you'll, hear war, you'll hear the Marines cry, Semper Fi, Semper Fi, always faithful. That's a duty. That's a comment on duty. But there are so many traits, and each one of them extols those traits, and they begin teaching them and training them. When they, when they, whether you're drafted or you're enlisted and you come into your particular branch of armed services, they begin, one of the first things that they'll do is they'll sit you down and they'll say, this is who we are, and this is what we stand for, and now this is what you are, and this is what you stand for. And they'll say, and you've heard people say it, and whatever you've seen in movies and whatever you've seen in, in pop culture, try to erase a lot of that stuff and find a real soldier and ask him what the process was like. But there is a process for breaking you down. They bring you in. You're, you're a, generally a young guy or young lady. You've got some life already built up in you. You've got your own attitudes, little stubbornness. You've got certain qualities and characteristics. And it really is their duty or their job to a degree to break you down, to take away all those things. Very, very similar to when we stand before God and we repent and we turn our lives over to God and he begins to shape and mold and tear away those things, those bad things that, have, that are part of human nature. This is what army does. And so there are many, many times throughout scripture and it's not an, it's not an accident that God in many, many ways throughout the word constantly relates our work and our life and who we are to being a soldier and to being in an army because they're very similar in process. And so these qualities, things like courage. Now, we all have some natural courage. And, of course, you have to have a bit of courage to step out into a battlefield and hear the bullets flying and hear the explosions, the cry of people being wounded. You have to be courage. But when you step in as a trainee and you begin that process, do you instantly have the type of powerful courage that you need to jump onto a battlefield and begin fighting? Of course not. And so it's their job through training, through training, through training, it's their job to make sure that by the time you hit the battlefield, you have the courage, you have the personal belief that you are going to be victorious. It cannot be done without training, without study, and so they're put through classes and they're put through training. You have to be so completely dedicated and understanding and confident in who you are and what you stand for. You live and walk and sleep and eat and dine and bathe with the weapon that they give you because they want you to become so familiar with that weapon that your confidence level in that weapon gives you a level of courage that says no matter what I face in life, no matter what's gonna happen on that battlefield, I know this weapon will function for me. And if something breaks down, I can take it apart instantly, I can clean it, I can reload it, and I can begin to fight again. That's what they do for you in army training. And folks, I'm here to say that if you don't have that relationship with the weapon that God has given you, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, you need to have that courage and confidence in the word. 
because you can be presented in the battlefield of life with opportunities to win or lose. You can be presented with a person who needs a word from God and be so confident and so courageous in the usage of the word that you can share scripture and testimony instantly on the spot and make a massive difference in that person's life. Or you can stand there and fumble through failing and having studied and knowing your weapon and you can lose that person. And perhaps the only time that person will have an opportunity to hear the truth. We need to get a hold of our weapon today and have courage and faith that we know how to use it and that we're prepared to use it as we move forward in the battle of life. I saw that endurance was a character, a characteristic that is, is highly touted in many of the branches of armed formists. It's the, endurance is the strength of will to stay and fight even when it gets hard. Soldiers have to be enduring. So when they're going through boot camp, you've heard that terminology, you've seen things in the movie, they go through boot camp, right? What's the image that you just got in your mind? Some guy crawling under a bunch of stuff in the mud and jumping over things, crawling up the rope on the wall and all that's right. You guys all got that in your head, didn't you? When I said boot camp. That's exactly right. They're put through rigorous, rigorous, rigorous training to build muscle and strength and muscle memory on how to operate and how to crawl and how to jump and climb and turn and twist and handle their weapon and handle equipment that they're being given to use. Muscle memory that teaches them when this happens, my muscles are already ready to go. Then I would say today that we need to learn to acquire endurance in our walk with God. We need to rigorously train, not casually train, not once in a while train, we need to rigorously train for the work that we have been called to do. I said earlier in my message, whether you like it or not, you're a conscript in the army of God. If you've stepped up and given your life, you've repented, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you've received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you signed on for the benefits, those are all great things and they will benefit you in your life, but you also signed on to be in the army of the Lord. And there is a calling to it and there is a rigorous training that needs to happen. We cannot take this training casually. We cannot take this walk casually. Why am I saying that to chastise? Am I saying it to make you feel bad? Am I saying it? Is this message about saying shame on all? No, not absolutely not. My message is to say this. The time has been where our teaching and our training has been to a certain point. We've come to a certain point in our time as the church. But a time is coming where we're going to need to step it up. A time is coming when, when fellow soldier, I'm, I'm going to need you to train a little bit more rigorously. I'm going to need you to get behind that weapon and say, I know how to break it down. I know how to take it apart. I know how to put it back together. I know how to pick it up and I know how to fire it because you're going to have opportunity to bless your lives like you've never seen before. You're going to have an opportunity to see people saved at this altar. You're going to have an opportunity in this war in life to make a difference and make value and worth in who you are and what you stand for in Jesus Christ. So I don't say this to say shame on us, we're not where we need to be. What I'm saying is, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you because there's things coming and there's a pastor group and a leader group here that are saying we're gonna get these guys ready. There's gonna be some endurance coming that we've gotta train them. There's gonna be some rigorous training that we're gonna have to put them through. You're gonna have to crawl down in the mud once in a while. You're gonna have to jump up over those, those, those beams. You're gonna have to climb up that wall. But at the end of the day, you're going to walk tall. You're going to feel strong and you're going to be ready to do the work that God has for you if you're willing. See, another part of 
The construct of a good soldier is hope and belief and victory. A soldier going into battle believing he has already lost or failed will lose for sure. If I stand here, if Pastor Kylie stands here, Pastor Steve, Pastor Michael, if we stand here and we teach and we preach and we allow you to believe that you're going to fail, if there's something about what we're doing or something about what's happening in the direction of the church, this mission that we're on that leads you to believe that we're already failing, then we've lost. And so it's going to be our job as we take this new step, as we begin to move forward, as we look to what God's got for this church moving forward, it's going to be our job to make sure that every soldier in this place that's willing believes with everything in their heart that they're going to win. You cannot put a soldier on the field who's already in his mind lost because he will die in the battlefield. We've got to believe. We've got to have the hope and the belief. And it does go beyond just standing up here behind the pulpit and preaching good flowery messages and being encouraging and all of that stuff. There's more to it than that, and there's more coming. And I'll share that with you shortly. I looked up the Army values, the specific ones that they teach during training, and the Army values say that we highly value loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And I thought to myself, That's nothing new. The army didn't create anything new. That's everything that God has called us to do since the beginning of time. We have those qualities. We have that right here in this room. We have the power to be an army greater and more effective than anything man has ever put together. And they just stole our values from the word of God. I'm glad they did. Those of you that have served in the armed forces that I identified today... When you came out of the military, and you don't have to answer this as rhetorical, but when you, came out of the, when you came out of your training and you were put to the mission that you were asked to do, did you not feel strong? Did you not feel that you were part of one? Did you not feel that you were ready to go? I had a young man I went to high school with. Some of you know the name. His name is Rolando. He was a Filipino. His family uh, migrated here when he was very young. Joined the Army. He graduated, I think, a year or two after I did. We went to high school together at Elam. Joined the Army. Excuse me, Marines went into the Marine Corps, and right after he joined in, we ended up in Desert Storm. And it wasn't very long before he was in boot boot camp training, and they were getting ready to ship him over to Iraq. And he was shipped over to Iraq. When Rolando left us, uh, this was back in the days at Elam, when Rolando left us, he was a scrawny little kid. He was shorter than me. Um, Just, I don't think he weighed more than a buck five soaking wet. Scared to death of everything, didn't know what in the world was going on, but he decided that he wanted to serve our country, and he signed up. He got shipped to Iraq. He got put into a Bradley Command. If you know what a Bradley vehicle is, it's, it's kind of a tank, but it's got a big gun on it. And he was put in a rotation of Bradley patrols. There was three of them. And one day, his third rotation went out, boom, blown up and wiped out. Rolando got on the phone and called his mother and begged her to contact the, Army, the Marines and get him out. He was so scared to death. He was so blown away that several of his friends that he knew. See, he, he was 18 or 19 years old when he joined in. He didn't understand death. He didn't understand mortality. He didn't have a first clue. Because when he came out of basic training, he was invincible. He was undefeatable. Nothing could stop them because he was a Marine. Now you say, well, that's kind of sad. They kind of tricked him. They, he didn't really understand. No, wrong. Because when they took him away from the telephone, they stuck him back in his Bradley vehicle and said, get back out on patrol and do your duty. 
That training kicked in just like that, and he went back and did exactly what he was supposed to do. A couple of years later, when all of that conflict was over and he was released from the Marines, he came back. I remember him coming into church that day, and he walked down there, and he was shaped like a pyramid. (laughs) Shoulders out to here, waistline down to here. Like that. I'm not kidding you. He was a completely different person. But he hung in there, and the Marines made him what he is. Right after the military, he, joined, he uh, jumped in with the post office and uh, served our country in another uniform. And I talked to him the other day, and he's retiring at 55, and he's going to live a very great, wonderful life from the bounty and blessings that he was given. But he said, it was the military who made me who I am. They taught me how to believe in myself and to be confident and to take what I want to take and do what I want to do and believe in myself. I believe that it is our duty to do the exact same thing with our soldiers. And we're going to keep moving forward to do that. The Army warrior ethos says, I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat, and I will never quit, and I will never leave a fallen comrade. Can I ask you today, as a church, can we take on that ethos? Can we accept that ethos to always place the mission first? You know your responsibility is your relationship with God first. Your family is second, and then your mission. But I want you to place that mission where it belongs. Can we take that credo, can we take that ethos and make it our own? Never accept defeat. So many times in our lives, the, the life beats us down. There's so many things that come against us. The, the, the waves crashing against our foundations. We want to crumble. I understand. I know you go through it. Young people, middle-aged people, older people, it happens every day, doesn't it? I know you get to that place in life where it just seems like too much and you want to quit. You want to crumble. But you keep going, don't you? You get back up and you dust yourself off and you keep on going. Don't ever accept defeat. It's, it would be a ridiculous process because we serve the king of kings and the lord of lords the god of this universe is standing behind you he's your commanding officer and to accept defeat at any point would be an absolute absurdity can we accept the warrior ethos from the army as our own i will never quit and i will never leave a fallen comrade sometimes i wonder if that last piece of the warrior ethos is really about who we are. It's hard, I understand. We've lost people. There's casualties of war. It's very difficult, and there's reasons for all of it. But I say to you that I believe that it is the calling of the, of the leadership here and in other churches to find a way to build this back into our mission. I believe before that it's all said and done, there's going to be opportunity to reach out to those that have stepped out, those that have fallen in the battlefield. We cannot leave our fallen comrades behind. If they absolutely refuse to come with us, if they absolutely refuse, we can't do anything about that. But I want to believe in my heart of hearts that those people that were once repentant, filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name have something deep with inside them that we can reach into and we can get a hold of and we can say, no, you don't have to admit defeat. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is what it's all about. And I want to reach out to you and I want to extend myself to you and say, you can do it. You can get up off the battlefield. You can, you can wipe off the blood. You can wipe off the dirt and you can get back in the battle again. 
I believe that we can do that, but we've got to do it together. We've got to make it a point of who we are and what we are as God's army. Can we take on that part of the ethos? I think we can. As a Christian soldier, excuse me, we are a volunteer force, and sometimes that, that makes it difficult. But I talked earlier about the difference between an enlisted man and a drafted man. I would much, much rather sign up for the army of God than be drafted in later. I don't even know what that would look like. Now, we're all supposed to be active duty, but not all of us are. I understand that. I would rather enlist in the active duty portion of what we're doing than being drafted or being forced because at some point, no matter what, we're all going to be in the battle. And so as a volunteer force, we have to have the will to serve and the will to do. As I said earlier, you have to know your weapon, the sword of the spirit, but you have to know those who are in command and be willing to follow leaders. See, the culture of this country, the spirit of this world and the culture of the United States, I think, is one of our biggest enemies. Another big enemy I think we have is, is media. I think the media of this country, the mass communications of this country is one of the most destructive and painful forces that this nation has ever seen. It tears people down. It perpetuates negativity. It brings down people and it, it perpetuates the negative aspects. I had a funny thing I saw on Facebook just the other day. You know this whole thing that's going on in Hawaii with the, with the lava flows and all this stuff? What's your picture of how that's looking in Hawaii, that half the, half, the, half the island is just covered in lava and people are dying left and right and all that stuff? Do you know that if you look at a map of Hawaii and say it's about like this big, there's a teeny tiny little speck right over here, little, little speck on that map of Hawaii. I saw this from Brother Steve Rogers posted it on Facebook the other day. Little teeny, teeny, tiny speck that's actually being affected by all of this. But if you look at the media, if you've watched the news, if you've heard it on the radio, the whole nation, the whole, the whole state is just completely covered in lava and everybody's dying. Toxic gases are killing everyone, right? And it's a microscopic speck on the map. The whole rest of the state is completely unaffected. Nobody knows anything about what's going on. I believe the media is one of our most dangerous enemies and it's affecting our people, our people, our people are being affected by the negativity of the national media, social media, mass media, whatever you want to call it. And so I believe that part of what we're going to do as we move forward as an army, we're going to do some research. We're going to have to try to suggest some things and put some things down and start taking a stand as the commanding officers and say, I want to warn you. I can't stop you from doing it, but I'm going to warn you that the, this warrior ethos is going to say, stop dipping into that well. Stop dipping into that mess and consuming that. I know you don't mean anything by it. It's a harmless thing. It's the news. We're supposed to keep up on world events. I'm not saying hide yourself in a cave. Don't do anything about what's happening in the world. But what I'm saying is if you drown yourself in that self, stuff every single day, hour after hour after hour of every day, drowning yourself in this media stuff, it's going to kill your soul. It's going to take down our soldiers. And it's happening right now. I'm telling you, we've lost people from the church because of social media. There's people out there, ministers that I know, ministers and good people of the church that are engaged in pitched battles on social media over stupid stuff like politics. That's not our war. That's not our battle. Stay out of it. Our weapons are not carnal, but are mighty through the, through the pulling down of strongholds. We're fighting a spiritual battle. I'm
I'm sorry, I get emotional over that part because I see it all the time and I want to reach out to these people and say, my God, man, what are you doing? You take a stand in politics like that with people and all you're going to do is lose half of your audience. It's not our job to worry about Democrats and Republicans and all that kind of stuff. That's not who we're about. That's not the war that we're fighting. It's not for us. We've got a higher calling and a higher battle. That has nothing to do with us. I'm going to get off on a track there, so I better, better get on back where I'm going here. Ephesians chapter 6 and 10 says, Be strong in the Lord. And, and I'm talking about now our credo. I'm talking about our ethos. Ephesians 6 and 10. I'm going to go through them fast, Becky, so you don't have to try to catch up. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Submit to God. Excuse me, James chapter 4 says submit to God and always draw close to God. James 4 also says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Romans chapter 12 says, tells us not to conform to the worldly standards. The exact same thing that I'm talking about right now. If you're engaging in pitched battles over silly things that are not in your handbook, that have nothing to do with your walk with God or seeing people reach with the gospel, stop doing it right now. Don't get in those battles because you're going to wound yourself and you're going to wound somebody else over nothing that has nothing to do with our job. Okay? Says it right in the world. Do not conform to worldly standards. First Thessalonians, you can start in chapter 5, three excellent points. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Be thankful always. Philippians says, watch your thought life. Watch how you're thinking. This is the warrior ethos of what we are and who we are. Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust God and not lean on your own understanding. 2 Timothy, again, meditate and apply God's word to the things that you do in life. Revelation chapter 12 tells us to apply the blood of Jesus. Matthew chapter 22 says, love God and love your neighbor. Exodus tells us to let God fight your battles. We have a warrior's ethos. We have a command. And what I'm telling you today is it's time for our leadership, us, me, I'm putting this on me, to step up and stand up and begin to teach that, begin to bring it to you guys in a new way because the church is being called to a new level and a new battle and a new place. And I'm telling you, there's things that are being put in place today. I'm so thankful for Brother Kylie who has brought us together and said, guys, I know that we're going to a new place. He has released us. He has given us the commission and the command and said, go make it happen. I'm right behind you. I'm your general. I'm right behind you. I'm putting things in place, but I want you to go. He knows that there's things that we're working on. We're laying the foundation right now, folks. And all I can tell you is that we're in training camp right now. We're in, we're in a little bit of boot camp. We're not quite there yet. We're just in the training camp. We're in the classroom, but it's coming. Your church is, I'm telling you church, it's coming. If you just hang in there with us, if you get a hold of this thing, it's our job to bring it now to fruition. I'm going to read you something here I found online I thought was fantastic. It's called The Soldier of God. And it says this, I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I'm a volunteer in this army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, 
primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me to do my duty. I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy, or give me handouts to do my duty. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed to my duty. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. Can I get an amen on that point? Amen. Devil, I'm going to come back after you on offense. It is the worst thing that's killing the church today. Offense, offense, offense. It's got to go. I am a soldier, and you cannot hurt me enough to make me turn away from what God has given me to do. In Jesus' name. Goes on to say, I cannot be discouraged enough to turn, to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I, that's so true. That is absolutely true, and I believe it's true for many of you. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all of my need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. We only defeat ourselves, folks. You have to understand that there's not a thing that the enemy can do to you. He cannot make you do anything. The challenges and problems that we have that we bring into our lives, we do it because we do it by our own choice. And I'm just as guilty as you are. But thank God I'm surrounded by good leaders who have, who have helped me to learn that and helped me to learn to humble myself and to try to take those things away. People cannot disillusion me. Weather, weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Can I just say something on battles cannot beat me? If that were not true, I guarantee you I would not be standing here today. And I know you've all been through your battles as well. But I'm telling you, I've been through some battles. I've been to the place where I've wanted to give up. I've said it. I've vocalized it. I quit. I can't do it anymore. But there was something inside me and there's something inside you that says, no, that's not right. You can't do it. And so I stand here as a testament to you today. If anybody had a reason to quit, it'd be me. And you could all probably say the same thing. But I learned to get up and keep going. And I know you will too. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from his battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army, and I'm marching, claiming victory, and I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier, marching heaven-bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? And I realize... And I understand that it's going to be up to the leadership, it's going to be up to the pastors and the directors of this church to give you a reason, to give you a direction, to give you a reason to stand and say, yes, I'm behind you. Yes, I'm going to stand with you. Yes, I'm going to fight with you. We've got to give you that purpose. We've got to give you that direction. But I'm telling you, folks, it's, 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 in, it's in the ground. The foundation is there. We're building it. I'm just encouraging you today, Memorial Day weekend, look back on your life and where you've come from and everything that you've endured and everything that you've gone through in your walk with God and the ups and downs and the times when you said to yourself, I quit, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of that person. I'm tired of this situation. I'm sick of that happening. And you said, I quit. 
But something brought you back here today. Something spoke to you in your heart and in your soul and said, no, you can't do that. That's not who you are. That's not what this is about. And as you sit back tomorrow and you think about that, I want you to feel comfortable and understand the work is coming. We do take it. We do take the responsibility of the leadership that needs to happen in this new era. I promise you. I promise you I don't quit. I'm not going to give up. I read this and it spoke so deeply to my soul. And yeah, there were parts of it that made me feel a little bit ashamed. I have wavered. I have struggled. But I'm here to tell you that with God's help and God's direction, I'm not giving up. And our time is coming. You see, Brother Kylie has allowed and led and directed us and opened the door for us to begin to explore this new duty, this new mission. We're looking over the map right now. You ever see that in those, those war movies? There's always that guy with a big map on a table. Never can't tell what the map is. He's just always looking at it, and there's little soldiers on it and things like that. We have that map. We're looking over that map. We're identifying the battlefields. We're formulating the plan. And our senior pastor is releasing us to begin to put that battle plan together. And I'm asking you this weekend, this Memorial Day, think about it. Think about getting on board, signing up, enlist with us when the time is ready. And it's up to us to give you the mission. If you could stand with me today, I'm going to go ahead and close. I had a little bit more in my notes, but I think I, think I made my point. I also found a, a wonderful little poem that I want to leave you with today. And then I'm going to invite you up to the altar. Come up and just, just think about the things that I've said today. Pray about the, the words that I've given you today. Because I promise you they're from the Lord God. And ask him, what's my mission? What is it you're calling me to do, Lord? The poem goes like this. It says, we're soldiers fighting for our God. Let trembling cowards fly. We'll stand unshaken, firm and fixed with Christ to live and die. Let devils rage and hell assail. We'll fight our passage through. Let foes unite and friends desert. We'll seize the crown in view. And if that doesn't sum up the mission that we have before us, I don't know what does. And I hope it inspires you today. Be in the fight. Get in the fight. Don't be drafted later on. Enlist. And see what God can do for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.